Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. Ah, what a feeling! I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. Lips as sweet as candy. So that was in the fourth quarter. That was the Seahawks at the 49ers. And a 74-yard pass from Brock Purdy to Debo Samuel. And uh, pretty nice. (laughs) That was was pretty much the end of that game. And, you know, one play after that, that made it 38-17. Geno Smith to the sideline, and he gets picked off by the Amador Lenore. The guy that's been picked on for much of this season steps in front of the pass in the second Niner takeaway. And Geno Smith gets picked off, and that was the game. <laughs> that was that was pretty much the end of all of that. Uh, a lot of a lot of weird games over the weekend, and I do have to apologize because the one game that apparently I did not record, I don't even know why, because I try to record all of them, to, you know, and then I'm going to watch them. Pay. And if it's not a game that I'm going to invest an hour or two watching, I'll still, if it's an interesting one, I'll go back and grab the clips. Apparently, there was a Jaguars game. I don't know. You know, <laughs> apparently, uh, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions and then came back and threw four touchdowns and won the game. Amazing. <laughs> you know, you got to acknowledge it. That is genuinely amazing. And then, you know, of course, one of the uh, other, you know, more interesting games, at least from my point of view, was it was it was boring at first. OK, the uh, Dolphins Bills game uh, because the Bills are running away with it. 17 nothing. But then and they kick the field goal. OK, to go up again, 17 nothing. And then just kind of weird things started to happen after that. And you thought the Dolphins are totally out of it. But they get a field goal and then they get another field goal and then they get another <laughs> field goal and you're like as field goals are selling for nothing it's in 17 to 9 you know late in the second quarter with like under a minute to go and um the bills get the ball back and josh josh allen who's just been fantastic it's just more rotational at this point second and 10 beasley off his hands and intercepted Throws a pick. I think that was his second of the game at that now point. Look at this return by Holland and the Dolphins with 53 seconds to go are in Buffalo territory and deep. So 53 seconds to go in the game, and uh, the Bills managed to uh, you know give up an interception, and then the Dolphins get it in for a touchdown. Well, Buffalo's incredible. Second best in the red zone touchdown percentage in the NFL, so it's consistent. Thompson to the end zone. Touchdown, Miami! 
soon as I said that, I knew that was going to be a touchdown. <laughs> it was kind of funny because he was like, Josh Allen's amazing, and then he gets picked off. And the Miami defense is amazing, and then they got scored on. And, then, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I want you, uh, you know, cheering against me. <laughs> I want you if you're on my team. Yeah. So they, uh, the Bills actually managed to go ahead and get a field goal after that. So they went, they went back up 20 to 17 at the half. Um, but very, very early, very, very early in the third quarter, again, where he's kind of touting Josh Allen's amazing skills. Take off here. I mean, think about all the plays he made. You threw the whole kitchen sink at him in that first half. Now I think they know what you're doing. Blitz. Sack. Ball knocked out. With the touch Scoop and score. And so the Dolphins go up for the very first time in the game. They're up 24 to 20. And you're like, oh, man, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're like, wow, this is actually fun. I thought this was the team that I was following all year long. And then, of course, that was the end of all hope because at five minutes to go in the third quarter. Take off here. I mean, th- Sorry, this is the right clip. That wasn't the previous one. Sometimes like to do it. And big Touchdown for the Bills from the six, and then three minutes later, again the Bills. Showing the ball. If they come down. He should get the ball again here. On first and ten to the end zone. Oh, it's Gabe Davis. Did he get the feet down? Yes, he did. He sure did. That was a brilliant catch. And they, I mean, the, the Dolphins actually came back to get within three and just couldn't really make anything happen. So the Bills get away with it. Uh, but that game was fairly interesting. A game that was really. Boring but close. You know how games can be like exciting, even sometimes if it's a blowout. But sometimes they're you know they're close, and you still don't really enjoy watching it. The Ravens Bengals game was just weird. It was like slow in the first half, and then in the second half there's a little bit more action. But it got to be seventeen uh, seventeen into the fourth quarter. And the Ravens are on, like, the one and a half, okay? And they've already tried it up the middle. So it's, like, either second or third and goal. I don't remember which. But, um, you know, everybody's all piled. All 22 guys are all piled in around the ball. And they're going to have a big old push and see if you can maybe jump in there or sneak in there or something. up out of the guy's hands as he was going over the top on about the half yard line. Grabbed out of the air by Sam Hubbard, who's like, look what I found! Look what I found! <laughs> and then right at about the, I don't know, the 15 yard line or so, it looked like what could have been called as a block in the back by the defender convoy. You know, it's like, mm, you're watching it happen, you're like, oh, well, they didn't call it. So uh, the Bengals went up 24 to 17, and then nothing happened for another 12 minutes until the final play of the game on about the, uh, maybe the 20 or the 25, something like that. Uh, maybe the 26, the uh, Ravens have the ball. Fourth and got to get a touchdown to win. Hey, Tyler, So close. Just not quite there. That was the game. So there you go. Uh, and then tonight we got ESPN, ABC. Uh, got a good game on tonight. I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, a lot of fun football over the weekend. And mostly, you know what it made me? It's mostly what the football over the weekend made me realize is I, I miss the college football. <laughs> That's because I haven't been watching the pros at all this year. And it's good football. Don't get me wrong. My basic problem with the NFL is I'm not invested in any of it. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of, it's there, and it's 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 fine, it's entertaining, but the college football is. Um, 
I don't know why. I can't exactly tell you why. And it's no, it's not, you know, I'm not, you know, my team wasn't even in a bowl game this year, right? So I just, well, one of them was, Illinois was, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Auburn was not. So I don't know. There's just something about the college game that is more entertaining, even though clearly the NFL players are, are better. They're capable of more spectacular plays on a more regular basis. The quarterbacks can throw for four, you know, four or 500 yards. I mean, it's just, you know, they have that ability, but. I don't know. There's something, something well, the about it. The college kids are playing with heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want to get to the pros. You know they're going to go out there and do their very, very best. Versus, not that the pro teams don't. Right. But, and yeah. I don't. It, it's weird. It's because I know the NFL. Like the games and the athletes and the plays are objectively superior. But it just doesn't compel me the same way. And I can't exactly tell you why. But there it is. Five eighteen on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. <coughs> when a cold comes on strong. <laughs> Knock it out with Vicks Dayquil Severe for max strength daytime relief. Just one dose of Vicks Dayquil Severe starts to relieve nine of your worst cold and flu symptoms to help take you from nine to none. Power through your day with Vicks Dayquil Severe, the daytime non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, nine to none medicine. Use as directed. In a world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand, and we have your back. Join us on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us Wednesday on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them a trip, or using refill by scan, which is super easy and right on your phone. And for anybody worried about prescription costs, I say, hey, we got you, with low-cost copays on many medications. Let's talk about making things easier. Walgreens is here. Fill your way and save at walgreens.com Medicare. See pharmacists for restrictions and exclusions. Fox personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. After Pap Talk with Jenna Barr on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Freeze frame! A band can be like they've got a super popular hit, but you like other songs that were on the album because oh, sure. you own the album, and so then you just kind of wind up feeling angry at everybody else for liking the big song. Like, and and, and it's not really quite that way with Jay Gal's band because uh, Centerfold is a great song, absolutely a great song. Sure, sure. But frame. on this album, I mean, you got like you know Freeze Frame is on this album, and uh, Rage in the Cage is on this album. I mean, all of these like yeah. <laughs> you know, and Absolutely, most yeah. and, and most people are like Jake Kyle's band. Didn't they sing a song about Playboy? I don't know. Really, what what's it all about? Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> sort and, of, and, <laughs> sort of, and they a couple did, yeah. of others too. That's five ten. Right. Love stinks, and anyway, five twenty one. Although I don't think that's on that same album. It's I think not that's on the same album. One. But yeah. uh, and then Peter Wolf went on to do a whole bunch of cool blues stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> no, I, a friend recommended me um, uh, Jeff Beck. Sure. Right. To listen, he recommended me an album. I can't tell you now what the album was. Um, 
but I listened to it and I thought he is a fantastic guitarist, but sure. that's not my kind of music. That's what I Absolutely. thought. Absolutely, yeah. He's, I thought, he, I you would know, say he's a guitarist, guitarist. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, he's, cl- he's and incredible. clearly, I'm like, oh my god, he's so talented. But the style of music wasn't for me. You know what I mean? And yeah, so, but, but I wanted to find out because everybody's you know raving about him, sure. and he wasn't my guy. He wasn't like the guy that I knew or loved. So you know, but I can certainly understand if you're a guitarist oh, so how much you would just be. Like, oh, I want that ability. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to learn, right? Because he does amazing things with the instrument. Five twenty-two on News Radio ninety-two-three. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David. An Ohio man that's believed to be one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen has passed away. The family of Harold Brown shared uh, news of his passing late last week. Brown spent two months as a uh, prisoner of war also of his, uh, after his plane was shot down in German territory in World War II. He had been awarded the uh, Congressional Gold Medal along with the rest of the Tuskegee Airmen back in 2007. He was 98 years old. The FAA investigating a near-miss incident involving two passenger planes last week at JFK Airport in New York. Officials say a, a Delta flight that was taking off from a, a runway Friday was forced to stop midway because of an American Airlines pl- plane that was crossing the same runway. That'd be a scary situation. And starting tomorrow, all veterans that are experiencing any type of suicidal mental health crisis are now eligible for free care. The VA says that uh, all veterans now, whether they're uh, part of that health care system or not, can go to a VA or non-VA health care facility to get treatment at no cost to them. And that would include up to 30 days of inpatient care if needed. All right. Very good, David. Thanks so much for the update. 523 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It also happens to be Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And Mayor Heather Lindsay, uh, mayor of Milton, read a proclamation in honor of Dr. King the other day. It's a little bit long, but, you know, I think it's kind of worth it. That's kind of the idea is if we're going to take a whole day and dedicate it to a person, maybe a uh, two, two and a half minute proclamation is okay to listen to. And so here you go. Whereas Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born January 15, 1929, and at age 25, he accepted the call of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, and was pastor from September 1954 to November 1959, when he resigned to move to Atlanta to lead the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Whereas Dr. King led the Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott for 381 days to protest the arrest of Rosa Parks and the segregation of the bus system of Montgomery, during which time Dr. King was arrested and the home of Dr. King was bombed. Whereas on December 13, 1956, the Supreme Court declared laws requiring segregation on buses unconstitutional. Whereas between 1957 and 1968, Dr. King traveled more than 6 million miles, spoke more than 2,500 times, and wrote five books and numerous articles supporting efforts around the country to end injustice and bring about social change and desegregation. Whereas on August 28, 1963, Dr. King led the March on Washington, D.C., the largest rally of the civil rights movement, during which from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and before a crowd of more than 200,000 people, Dr. King delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech, one of the classic orations in American history. Whereas Dr. King was a champion of nonviolence, fervently advocated nonviolent resistance as the strategy to end segregation and racial discrimination in America, and in 1964, at age 35, became the youngest man to be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition for his efforts. Whereas through his work and reliance on nonviolent protests, Dr. King was instrumental in the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. 
whereas the work of Dr. King created a basis of understanding and respect and helped communities and the United States as a whole to act cooperatively and courageously to restore tolerance, justice, and equality among all people. Whereas on the evening of April 4th, 1968, Dr. King was assassinated while standing on the balcony of his motel room in Memphis, Tennessee, where he was to lead sanitation workers in protest against low wages and intolerable working conditions. Whereas Dr. King awakened the conscience, conscience and consciousness of the United States and used his message of hope to bring people together to build a beloved community, a community of justice at peace with itself. Now, therefore, I, Heather Lindsay, mayor of the city of Milton, do hereby proclaim January 16th, 2023, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and encourage all Miltonians to remember the message of Dr. King and rededicate themselves to Dr. King's goal of a free and just United States. Amen. I Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's interesting because when you think about what Martin Luther King Jr. represents historically, I think one of the things that often gets lost in the telling of Martin Luther King Jr. is the deep faith conviction that he had. And you sometimes have heard, you haven't heard this maybe as much recently, but there was a time when the left particularly was making the argument that religion is dangerous. I just don't quite as often hear that anymore. But for a while, you were they were making the argument that basically the Taliban and conservative Christians were kind of in similar camps. You know what I mean? Like that uh, the jihadis, Islamofascists, that the people who take their twisted version of Islam, and I will say it that way, even though you know there's a fairly significant percentage of uh, Muslims around the world who believe in the violent jihadi notion, you know, something like maybe 10%, which is an extremely high percentage for what is essentially a fringe perversion of their religion movement. But okay, fine. Um, and the, the argument by the left was that, um, see, this is what you get. This is what you get with religion. You get extremism, you get violence, you get danger, you get terrorism, you get, you know, and they would look to like uh, people who bomb abortion clinics and say, those are the people you got to be scared about because they take their religion too seriously. It's, it's, you know, devout religion that sends you off the rails. And my answer has always been, well, no, it really depends what the religion is. It really depends what the religion is. If the religion is one that believes in peace and justice and charity and forgiveness and generosity and loving your neighbor, that's not the one you have to be scared about. And that's the religion that Martin Luther King Jr. believed in as a Baptist. He was a devout, devoted Christian and obviously pastor who preached messages based on the Bible and faith and God and Jesus Christ. And it was that conviction that led him to endure the things that he did. He wasn't powerful and persuasive and majestic in spite of being a Christian. He was those things because he was a Christian. And I would hope that other people who say they take their faith seriously would demonstrate similar kinds of characteristics. Now, I know, I think you have to be honest and you should always be honest and admit when uh, arguments or examples work against you that there are loads of people who claim the religion, <laughs> who claim it devoutly, who are not what I would say allies in the cause. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're, they're the sort of folks who are like, shh. <laughs> you know, just 
maybe keep it to yourself a little bit more all the time um, because they're not really all that helpful. Right? And I look, I know at times I am that. i working on me every day. Um, but you have a lot of people. J- I'll put it the other way. Just because you claim religion or just because you claim even my religion of Christianity, Dr. King's religion of Christianity, that doesn't mean you're being useful. That doesn't mean that you are going to be a hero and that you're going to accomplish all the right things and that, you know, true faith is going to show through you in a powerful way that's going to inspire history. No, no. Uh, There are bad religionists, too, and loads of them, plenty of them. The point is simply that saying that religion is the problem is wrong. Some religious interpretations and some religious people are horrible. You know, it was the Pharisees that called for the killing of Jesus, okay? (laughs) There are some religious people that are horrible. And there are other religious people who are amazing. And I think if you look in history, what you find is that, generally speaking, the worst things were done by non-religious people. And most of the best things were done by religious people, even though there are counterexamples to both of those for sure. News. I'm Chris Foster. House Republicans want visitor logs from President Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, to see who might have had access to classified documents found there. The Secret Service says visitors are screened, but there's no list maintained. California House Democrat Adam Schiff wants damage assessments of documents taken by former President Trump and President Biden. Whether there was any risk of exposure and what the harm would be and whether any mitigation needs to be done. It was on ABC's This Week. There are unconfirmed reports of survivors at the site of a plane crash in Nepal. At least 68 people are dead. There were 72 people on board the Yeti Airlines flight from Kathmandu to Pokhara when it crashed shortly before landing. It's Nepal's worst air disaster in 30 years. The cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorder have been recovered and will now be turned over to investigators. Fox's Jonathan Savage. Everything Everywhere All at Once wins Best Picture at the Critics' Choice Awards. Glass Onion wins Best Comedy and Acting Ensemble. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531. It's News Radio 92.3 right now. Partly cloudy, 48 degrees in Pensacola. And deputies in Santa Rosa County say a, a shooting that happened on Sea Spray Court and Gulf Breeze over the weekend appears to be a stand your ground case. So, uh, him being a charge with attempted murder or aggravated battery probably is not going to occur. But um, there may be other charges pending from what we've discovered in the home. Investigators say the person that was shot came to that home on Sea Spray Court with the purpose of starting an altercation with the homeowner ended up being shot through the front door of the home. That person was taken to the hospital and reportedly is in stable condition. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The city of Pensacola is celebrating his legacy, of course, with a parade that's going to happen later this morning. Uh, Downtown starts about 11 o'clock. That parade featuring schools, organizations, churches, and businesses, and uh, the celebration doesn't end there. Pensacola Caring Hearts hosting the MLK Fun Day event at their property at 2105 Gregory afterwards. Well, we'll have a lot of free entertainment. We're going to have a band uh, that's going to be here. Pensacola Caring Hearts CEO Fanny Finkley there, and she says they'll also have a professional cook preparing chicken wings and fish and other foods for people who attend, and they're going to have a bouncy house and educational material about Dr. King's life as well. The second roundtable discussion on gun violence set to happen in Escambia County this week. That event hosted by Sheriff Chip Simmons, of course. It'll be at the Brownsville Community Center Wednesday evening, and they'll be discussing gun violence, possible strategies and solutions to 
uh, have less of that here in our community. Anybody's welcome to attend, and it'll happen at 5.30 Wednesday, again at the Brownsville Community Center. Two people taken to the hospital after a rollover crash in Cantonment over the weekend. Florida Highway Patrol says that happened on Highway 29 near Wellline Road, and troopers say the crash involved a minivan and a cargo van, both drivers, taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 first warning forecast. Temperatures will be warming up this afternoon into the upper 60s, 10% chance of a stray shower, otherwise partly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 62 degrees for your low. As you go into Tuesday, we will be warming up with a small chance of a few showers, 20% chance of rain on Tuesday with a high near 72. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 62. Set connect to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. And right now, partly cloudy, 48 degrees in Pensacola, 55 in Gulf Breeze, and 37 in Milton. Your next news at 6 o'clock, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons at 4. This is why young adults ages 18 to 29 are living with mom and dad. I'm serious. This is what they're saying. They're basically saying, look, I'd rather live in mom and dad's basement to be able to go watch Avatar and IMAX 3D and pay 20 bucks a ticket and not blink at it. And get popcorn. <laughs> and get popcorn. Exactly. I'm going to go to see Avatar 2. I'm going to theater and it's, it's going to be 150 bucks for me to go by myself, but I can do it because I live with mom and dad in the basement. On News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru. The men and women here at Anderson Subaru are committed to the Subaru love promise, a promise between us and our communities, a promise to make the Gulf Coast a better place to live, to work, and to play. And we're proud of what we've accomplished. From our ongoing support of the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association and Ascension Sacred Heart to volunteering with Feeding the Gulf Coast, we've conducted clothing drives for loaves and fishes and charity auctions for Gulf Coast Kids House, and we support Sherwood Elementary School in multiple ways. We're committed to the pets in our communities too. By supporting dog adoption events with Phoenix Rising Rescue, Parktoberfest with Pensacola Humane Society, and Potty Gras with Wolfgang Park and Bruce. And the love continues through donations, volunteering, and monetary support. Anderson Subaru is making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our community. The Subaru Love Promise. That's a promise we intend to keep at Anderson Subaru Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Hi guys, if you find yourself in a divorce or you know that one is coming, you're likely stressed about your kids, your finances, and what your future is going to look like when the divorce is over. You're going to need help with this, and I'm here to do that. Whatever you're facing, I can help you get through it. I specialize in helping guys just like you get through difficult divorces. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and trust me, I can help you through this. Just look me up on social media or on the web. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and I'm here to help. Pensacola, Florida. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. Seven here on News Radio 92.3. 
Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Ben Scola Morning News. And on Friday, we had a chance to talk to uh, retired Rear Admiral Kyle Kozad, the former commanding officer at NETSI, among many, many, many other things. <laughs> He's done a lot of stuff, some fascinating stuff. Uh, he has a book that's out called Relentless Positivity, A Common Veteran Battling Uncommon Odds. Now, I had him on Friday to talk about a book signing that took place on Saturday. So in the interview, we talked several times about the book signing. But, of course, that's a past event. Nevertheless, I wanted you to be able to hear from him because uh, he's such a good guy. And uh, the message and the content of the book was so important that even though the book signing is past, I wanted you to be able to hear that. So, Admiral, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Andrew, good morning. Happy Friday the 13th to you. I know. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong today. Everything is fine. Okay, so I was <laughs> I was reading... Not, that's why we're not selling books tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, I was reading the notes because, I mean, I know you fairly well, but I certainly don't know all of your history. And the one that caught me the most off guard is that you were the Navy senior leader in the White House Situation Room during the Osama bin Laden raid and the commander of the Joint Task Force at Gitmo. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I the thing I loved uh, about the Navy was the ability to fly. And I, you know, gathered 5,000 plus flight hours. Uh, but uh, when I wasn't allowed to fly, uh, I did have an opportunity to do some pretty cool uh, jobs and, you know, meet some great people and, you know, really just be in places that uh, I learned tons about national security in the country. So I've been very fortunate. Oh, man. I, you know, sometimes you know a person and don't realize the person you know. I'll put it that way. So it's fantastic. Now, uh, for people who might not know you, there was an extremely significant event in your life that took place only about, what, six or seven months after you had taken over command at Netsy back in, uh, was it like it was spring of 2019 or 18? I forget which year it was. Uh, but you had a terrible accident that left you in a, that left you in a wheelchair, right? I, I did, yeah. March 16th of uh, 2018, a day that I will never forget. Um, you know, just a, it was a freak accident uh, at Historic Quarters A. And, um, you know, when I woke up in the hospital the next day, uh, my neurosurgeon uh, did a great job on the surgery, uh, put in two large titanium rods, kind of put me back together. Uh, but he, you know, delivered some pretty catastrophic news that, uh, you know, he didn't think I would ever be able to stand uh, or get out of a wheelchair again. So, um, you know, that, that kind of instantaneous slap in the face, you know, really forced me to, to look at, you know, the positive side of, you know, what, what is my new purpose? You know, not necessarily a why me or feel sorry for myself, but, you know, one door closes and others open. So, you know, I really used my accident, my injury, number one, uh, to, to start the fight of my life and prove my neurosurgeon wrong, but also, you know, to continue to live a life of purpose. And um, that purpose has been uh, dramatically different after my accident. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, I hadn't known you all that long when this happened. I think we all felt awful about it. But uh, here you you stayed in your command. You stayed in your position. You stayed in the Navy. And I think anybody who knows you would acknowledge not just didn't just stick it out, but, you know, were incredibly effective at it, overcame, as you said, proving your neurosurgeon wrong. And uh, now you've got this book out. The title of the book, uh, Relentless Positivity, A Common Veteran Battling Uncommon Odds. I don't know. It's your book. You tell me what what kinds of things should people look for in that, and how did you know having a positive outlook? How how did you how were you forced to learn that? How did it change who you became after the accident? So so it's it's kind of interesting, and I appreciate your kind words. But uh, you know, when, when I look back, I can attribute you know my positive attitude and kind of the the can do. Nobody's going to tell me what I can't do, but I'm going to show you what I can do. Attitude to. Uh, you know, to my time in the Navy. So I, I had, you know, many motivators, you know, my family, obviously, my faith, 
Um, but, you know, I, I uh, early in my physical therapy, the very first time, you know, I stood up or somebody stood me up, you know, I, I kind of had this this vision that, you know, I'm going to do a heck of a lot more than the doc said. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't remember being in the hospital uh, after, you know, a full day of physical therapy. And I told my wife, Amy, that, hey, I, I want to go back and I want to serve on active duty. And she, you know, kind of rolled her eyes and said, uh, yeah, why don't you get some sleep? But <laughs> that, that was one of my motivators. And so, you know, I, I attribute, you know, the toughness, the grit, the, you know, the sense of I can do this to, to my time in the Navy. And so, you know, one of the things that this book hopes to accomplish is uh, every penny that we raise from it goes right back to the Naval Aviation Museum here in Pensacola. So we're excited about, uh, you know, what seems to be a pretty good start last month. I think we've sold over, you know, 1,500 copies, and hopefully we'll get a few folks to come out and, you know, talk, and I'd love to sign some books for them tomorrow. Well, again, the uh, the book is Relentless Positivity, A Common Veteran Battling Uncommon Odds. It's uh, available anywhere, but you can, again, you can meet Admiral Kozad tomorrow. The signing is tomorrow from 1 to 3 at the airport Barnes & Noble for Relentless Positivity. Um, Admiral, one of the things, uh, you know, I used to, one time I took a job selling books door-to-door for a company called the Southwestern Company. It's been around for like 150 years, and uh, it was the worst job I ever had. <laughs> it was a horrible, hor- but I stuck it out. Yeah. I did it. And um, not quitting was actually my purpose in taking the job. But one of the things that they kind of taught us before they sent us out to do this horrible, terrible job is uh, they said, anytime something goes wrong, and of course in life, like in door-to-door sales or anywhere else, you're going to have things go wrong. They said, first reaction is say to yourself, you know, this is good, this is great, this is wonderful, whatever the bad, you know, your, your car just is on fire. Uh, this is good, this is great, this is wonderful. And then to come up with three reasons why, like three actual reasons why this might be of use to you. Was there anything like that that you had learned in the Navy or had to learn in, you know, post-accident for uh, what you were doing, that kind of find the gem in the horrible situation? Yeah, you know, we always talk about the, the ability to adapt and overcome. And, you know, I liken my injury to uh, uh, any any flight that you do uh, as a naval aviator. Um, something's going to happen. Something's going to change. And you're, you're um, you know, instinctively taught uh, to, to look at the problem differently and figure out, you know, how you can accomplish the mission. And, you know, th- that kind of happened to me after uh, I participated in the uh, Wounded Warrior Games in Tampa in 2020. You know, that gave me the opportunity to connect with a, a bunch of other wounded veterans. And I really didn't have that network here in Pensacola. And, and so, you know, that became a passion for me and kind of, you know, that, that purpose was to, you know, tell as many people my story uh, and as, as a measure of encouragement, not to feel sorry for me, not to say, hey, you did a great job, but, you know, to tell other people that regardless of your circumstance, you know, you can do this. You've got this. You've got everything in your heart and your head to be able to power your way through it. And so hopefully, you know, people can find a sliver of inspiration or something that motivates them to get beyond whatever their circumstance is today. You know, in the uh, the kind of the notes about the book, I'm not at all surprised about this, is uh, says that you draw strength from a combination of self, friends, family, and faith. And the and faith part is, of course, always of interest to me. What role did your faith, your religion have in helping you overcome what happened? So uh, imagine, um, you know, laying in a hospital bed, uh, you, you have you, you realize you, you, you have you know, come to terms with the fact that you can't feel anything below your waist. You can't move your legs. Uh, I, it, you know, at that point, I couldn't even roll over in bed by myself. Uh, and, you know, it, it was, you know, some prayerful time where, you know, I, I knew that I had a decision to make uh, and uh, it was a hard decision. And that was, do, do I lay in bed for the next 50 years and just, you know, let this 
uh, consume me and let this define who I am? Or can I power through this and, you know, try to try to make something out of it? And that, that's where the prayer came in, you know, in, in, you know, my strong faith to be able to say, you know, there is something else out there. Um, you know, work hard in physical therapy, prove the doctor wrong, but also, you know, share that story to be able to help other people. And so hopefully that's what we can do. And, you know, faith uh, continues to play a big part in my life. Outstanding. I mean, look, a healthy body is a gift from God, and sometimes a uh, um, a different functioning body can also be a, a gift from God. And I'm I'm glad that you I, I'm glad to know you, obviously, and you know, given the work that you've done both in and out of the Navy. But I think it looks like a fantastic book. Relentless Positivity is the name of it. Uh, a common veteran battling uncommon odds. You can buy it anywhere again, but it is going to be tomorrow at the Barnes and Noble on Airport One to Three. You can meet uh, Kyle Kozad and uh, you know get to know him a little bit, like I have. Uh, Admiral, as always, uh, thanks for just kind of being who you are. Thanks for all the work you do, and thanks for uh, agreeing to spend a couple of minutes with me today. I appreciate it, sir. It's always my pleasure. You have a great, uh, great weekend, Andrew. Radio ninety two three. 546 here on News Radio 92.3. Again, uh, just a fantastic, fantastic stuff, Admiral. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm Andrew McKay. The cost of health care is all in the news. Tune in tomorrow morning at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as ProHealth will be the guest and we'll be discussing how ProHealth medical membership programs can help you take out the stress and cost of health care. That's tomorrow morning at 10 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Join Travis Thompson with Climatech of Professional Air, an American standard heating and air conditioning independent customer care dealer in the Pensacola area on the Pensacola Expert Panel, Thursday at 9.30. Join in as Travis discusses how you can lower your energy bill and create a healthy, comfortable home. Join Travis Thursday at 9.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Wake up with Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News. Lifestyle talk with Jenna Barr and Pep Talk. Drive home with Bobby Rossi and Pensacola right now on News Radio 923. Tell all the other curs the lie's coming. You tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me. Look, if that doesn't get you worked up and ready to go, you know, Tombstone. to your daily grind. <laughs> ah, that's a good one to get you started. That should definitely get you like, I'm coming. 548 <laughs> yeah, News Radio 92.3. I'm here to do this paperwork. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me your order. I'm ready to take it. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just trying to think of all the, all the me. yeah, all the jobs people are going to. You know, like getting ready to go to the car shop. And hell's coming with me to fix the transmission. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that this morning. David Speaking Wayne. Of hell. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David, you know that's my favorite movie of all time. Is it Tombstone. really? I love yeah. it absolutely. Right. What's your favorite line from the movie? Oh, I'm your Huckleberry. Is it? I'm yeah. your Huckleberry. It's got to be. Huckleberry, yeah. I'm a big Doc a pretty, Holiday it's fan. A, it's a yeah. pretty. <laughs> you know that that movie got quoted at the Santa Rosa or the yeah the Santa Rosa County Commission meeting on Thursday. Oh really? Yeah, I'll play the clip later. Oh, I can't wait. I'm anxiously waiting. New York Mayor Eric, New York City Mayor, I should say, Eric Adams, urging the federal government government now to help cities such as New York City deal with the influx of migrants during a weekend visit to the uh, Texas Mexico border in El Paso. Adams says cities like New York and El Paso are carrying the whole financial burden. Uh, he's asking FEMA to coordinate uh, financial assistance for uh, for those cities. California now bracing for another round of snow and rain. They just can't seem to catch a break. This uh, the month's storms across the state have already claimed 19 lives there, and uh, some some areas in California have already received their annual rainfall amount in just the last two weeks. LeBron James closing in on the NBA's all-time scoring record. The uh, Lakers forward reached 38,000 career points on Sunday hmm. in their game against the 76ers. He's only the second player in NBA history to uh, to reach that number, joining Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's still the current record holder. I can never hear you say, what's his name again? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No, that, <laughs> the other what? guy, the one before that. Oh, uh... That's the, the main Le- person oh, in the story. LeBron James. I'm LeBron trying not James, to say yeah. the name, because in my head what I hear is, LeBron James! <laughs> nobody? Nobody? That's what my kids always say, because it, it's from a meme. It's a, It's... Some guy somewhere said it that way, and now that's the only way I can ever hear it in my head. I guess <laughs> I must have missed thanks. that. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron, James. LeBron James. But now yeah. we're all going to hear that's it all right. the time. That's right. Unless you're from Cleveland. It's right. It's, it's, I it's, miss our main export. It's just one of those things like every time I, every time somebody says the name Terry, what I hear in my head is, back up, Terry. Back up. Oh, yeah. oh Lord, Terry. Back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know things things that like get in there and occupy your cognitive space and you know forever are connected to something else and you can't unconnect them. That's my brain is just like that all the time. David, thanks so much for the update. LeBron James, five fifty one on news radio. Dave nuts, five fifty one on news radio. Come on, that's another one, right? You what? you don't know the D's nuts. I do nuts. know the got yes. it. I know my Sorry. husband thinks he's the funniest. Per- mm. It's like, dude. Which is fine. You're not yeah. 12. Well, yeah, but yeah, but we do have mixed nuts because he's a diabetic and that's like, he's like, hey, <laughs> can you nuts? get me these nuts? And that's right. Like, okay, thanks, Darren. <laughs> I try to warn you, the five o'clock hour is different. The five o'clock hour is different. I try to think like the person who's up all the time at like 730 and he's hearing all of our standard interviews with like, right, you know, right. the mayor and the chief of police and all this stuff. And and then, you know, and then all of a sudden they're they're up for some reason today. That's right. And and they're like, what is happening? See, we're the John Hutchinson of radio shows. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> 551 <laughs> news. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, so we had um, uh, Lieutenant, oh my goodness, he's actually a good friend of mine. I can see him. I can't think of his name. Uh, we got the Firefighter of the Year, who is the, uh, the oh, Nick Grady. He's the president of the Firefighters Union, and he was named the Florida Firefighter of the Year, right? Oh, right. Last year. Yeah, and we celebrate right. that because, you know, Woo-hoo. it's fantastic. He's everybody's we, Huckleberry. We, <laughs> we now have the Assistant Chief for Scambia County Fire Rescue was named the Florida Volunteer Firefighter of the Year. That's so we awesome. have yeah, we have the both of the the best. 
in the entire state of Florida here this past year. And his story is kind of interesting. I don't know him personally, but uh, I was reading some of the stuff that they had about him. I think this was a uh, PNJ story. Yeah. Um, the Scamby County Fire Rescue uh, District Fire Chief Yoshimi Kor is his name, Yoshimi Kor. And his background, like he went to Jesuit High in Tampa and he, I guess, somehow or other was like friends with a guy who was the Buccaneers team dentist. And so they were looking for like a summer job or something or after high school or whatever. Anyway, he went and applied or something for them and they got back to him later and they needed some help moving stuff around. And um, eventually he winds up working as the team's assistant equipment manager until 84. And then they came, you know, new administration came in and they cleaned house and everybody got he got rid of them. And he's like, well, I'll just join the Navy. So he joins the Navy and um, he come, becomes a uh, master chief, I think was his rank. And he's, you know, working for the Blue Angels, <laughs> you know, and and then he winds up. Um, yeah, he's three years on the flight demonstration squadron. And uh, then he was um, uh, over at Eglin helping them develop the F-35 program. Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then basically uh, he retired in 2014. OK, becomes a financial advisor. And then his grandpa, I think, was the story. It was like a firefighter and kind of said, you know, you ought to, you know, do some volunteering and firefighting. And so um, he basically starts doing that. And uh, he's been a trainer now uh, at ECFR. And um, so you know, kind of a story. Yeah. You know, this guy's life is amazing. That's two people we've had on this hour that kind of have amazing life stories. Anyway, so um, uh, he received this reward of being the the top volunteer firefighter in Escambia County or in the entire state. And he is the deputy fire chief at Escambia County Fire Rescue. So pretty cool stuff. 554 here on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Oh, you know, the pickleball's kind of been, you know, in the news because of the proposal to put the port warehouse into a pickleball slash other sports venue kind of status. And then uh, WEAR had a story over the weekend. I wouldn't have otherwise noticed this, but I thought it was fascinating that UWF had a pickleball tournament, like an invitational or maybe not. Maybe it's everybody can come, but, you know, they had a pickleball tournament for people to come over. UWF tennis, I guess, are kind of the ones running it because it'd be on the tennis courts, I guess. Sure. Um, Take a guess how many people came and played uh, in the pickleball tournament at UWF over the weekend. Take a rough stab. 20. 260. No way! Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah, that's what I thought too. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, that's so it's great. a real thing. Good, it's, good. It really yeah. is a real thing. I mean, you know, just because you see it on ESPN, you don't think there's actual people. But no, there's. Yeah, this is when we talk about hosting tournaments and economic benefit and, you know, something that is growing and growing. And I keep hearing all these stories about either people play it or their wives make them play it, um, <laughs> you wow, know, or all okay. this kind of stuff. So, yeah. And I've seen people out and we'll, I still play tennis, not often, but, you know, occasionally we'll go and we'll see them like at PSC, see people playing, mm-hmm. you know, at their courts, whatever. So, yeah, I was amazed by that, too. 260 people from all over the country came to pay, play pickleball at UWF this weekend. That's great. And they had, uh, you know, doubles on one day and singles on another day, I guess, something like that. It's kind of what I took away from the story. 437-1624-37-1620. Oh, this is... There's not a news story, per se, other than it was something I didn't know and it caught me by surprise. So we got our license plate renewals, and which everybody gets. Right. And my wife's, for her van, mine is different because I got the Blue Angels plate, so I haven't had that for, what now, two years, I guess it is, going on three or something like that anyway. But uh, she's had her van plates, I guess she's had it since we moved here and transferred, oh, I guess that is right, yeah, because we used to have two plates that were very close, 
you know, maybe within a number of each other because it was hers and mine registered mm-hmm. together. But uh, she had her van plate on the Dodge Grand Caravan and then moved it over to the Odyssey when she bought the Odyssey. And she gets her plate renewal. And it was weird because the plate renewal for uh, one year was whatever it was. And then uh, 40 bucks, I think. And then the two year was like more than double the price. And she's like, why is it more to do it for longer, you know, that's weird. Right. And so then, you know, she started reading and trying to figure out what was going on. And then it's like, you know, and also you're going to get a brand new plate with a new number. And she's like, well, I don't want a new number and I don't need a new plate. What's going on? This is bizarre. Well, I called, you know, as I do, I called uh, Scott Lunsford to ask him. He's the, um, oh, goodness. Is it the tax <laughs> collector? Tax collector. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Chris Jones is the tax uh, appraiser. Anyway, right. uh, so I called Scott and I was like, Scott, what? just I'm curious, what is this? You know, I don't understand. And he's like, yeah, every every 10 years in Florida, you have to replace your license plate, the physical plate. I didn't know that. Ex- exactly. And I'm like, that's idiotic. Why? And I mean, I know it's not your rule. I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm saying that's it. He's like, well, here's the problem. Uh, the plates wear out. And they wear out badly in our heat and sun. And so some plates, like probably your wife's plate, has been sitting in the garage. It is. Uh, sitting in the garage in the good weather all the time, and it looks just about brand new. But you have to understand that plates that have been out in the elements, sitting in the sun and the heat again and again and again and again and again, they get to where you can barely read them. And he sent me some pictures of them, and oh, yeah, sure enough, there's some like I really illegible, that. useless sure, plates. air, absolutely. And, yeah. and particularly, he said that like on law enforcement and municipal and county vehicles, because they're out a lot, and you know, so it's kind of the irony of a cop plate that you can't read when they're writing somebody else a ticket for a plate they can't read. You know, <laughs> so right, right, right. But he said, you know, actually, the uh, the ten year renewal is it used to be five, so every five years you had to get a new physical plate, and then they upped it to eight for a long time, and now it's ten. And so basically, yeah, you have to get a new plate. And I said, well. Okay, we got to get a new physical plate, so I guess we got to pay for that, but we can keep the same number, right? And he's like, no, unless you make it a vanity plate. Oh, so yeah, you, sure. You, in which case, you're paying a fee, and every every year, I think it's like 60 bucks or something. So, you know, the, the generic number that you were randomly assigned when you first registered is going to go away unless you're attached to it. So you change the number, and then you have to change all your sun pass and all of that stuff as well. But, uh, yeah, that's why. Oh. Oh, okay. And so the reason for her was that she was in the middle of her ninth to 10th year, and so she'd have to pay for the new plate. And there is a fee built into it so that you don't have to pay a big renewal when you do get, make that change, but that's why that works that way. Local Talk in the Afternoon with Bobby Rossi, 4 till 7, is on News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. An update on a shooting in Golf Breeze over the weekend also. A Fort Walton Beach teenager arrested after carrying a gun on school property. We'll have those stories and more after this update from Fox News right here at News Radio 923.